Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This show is dedicated to the memory of Marius Zaliukas. everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand Rangers podcast. My name is David Edgar. I am your host as always and joining me this week are two fantastic fellows from the Heart and Hand universe. First of all, the splendid Mr Ian Hogg. Good evening mate. Uh, pleasure to be back on the flagship. And the wonderful Mr Andy McGowan. Hi David. How are you listeners? Well, folks, it's uh, so much to talk about. But before we get started, uh, I think that uh, we should pay tribute to Marius Aliukas, who tragically passed away at the the shockingly young age of 36 at the weekend. Of course, he played for Rangers in season 2014-15, not a season that, that many people will look back on with much fondness, it's fair to say. Um, however, he'll be better known in, in Scottish football for his role as, as Hearts captain, and in fact, captain them to Scottish Cup success in his time with the Edinburgh club. Um, 36 is no age at all, Andy, for someone to be passing away. Nah, I mean, you use the word shocking. It's shocking. It's shocking because we didn't really know that that was, that it was ill. Um, I, I still don't think we know the, the full details, but 36, we're a family, a wife left behind. It's, it's absolutely tragic. And, um, you know, it just doesn't be a thing about Now, we send our, our uh, best wishes and condolences to, to everyone who knew him. Unfortunately, there's no real easy way to transition then into the events of the last few days, but uh, we're going to have to just do that, uh, sadly. But, um, yeah, let's start off with the news that broke this morning. By Rangers, which was good. Um, uh, at least that uh, it was Rangers who who were very much out in front of it. That two players had been suspended after breaching COVID protocols, attending a party, uh, which was broken up by the police. And the two players, George Edmondson and Jordan Jones, were issued with uh, on-the-spot fines for breaching COVID regulations. Rangers this morning announced that both players had been suspended pending an investigation. 
and will go into isolation for the required 14-day period. My first reaction, Ian, was I was annoyed and, and a little bit angry, but it, it's actually got worse as the day's gone on because were these two just going to swan into training on on I think it's it's Wednesday they're back and not say a bloody word and potentially put at risk Rangers' entire season. So that's exactly <laughs> exactly what they were going to do, David. Uh, it's not. I'm sure the players will come out and they'll be full of remorse. And they'll be ever so sorry and all the rest of it. What they really mean is they were sorry they were caught because they they chose to break protocol. They chose to go to a party. And let's not be about the bush, right? And a season that started so well, what's that now? 18 games, 16 wins, two draws and 15 clean sheets. Mm. It's extraordinary, the record so far. When I was in my 20s, David, I did, a, as you will attest, I did, I did lots of things wrong. Never did it out of badness, of course, but the badness doesn't, the, the, the intent doesn't really matter. It's, it's all about the outcomes. This pair went out, they decided to break protocol and they decided to put Rangers season in jeopardy. Now, frankly, they were caught by the cops. If they're not caught by the cops, they swan into training. And then Christ knows where we are. You know, we're probably pitching up against Hamilton having to play the under-18s. Um George Edmondson and Jordan Jones deserve everything the cl- that the club throw at them. Now, don't, I, I won't be, I won't be a hypocrite about this, David. I'm glad that it's if there was two players it was going to be. I'm glad it's this pair and not, you know, Alan McGregor and Connor Goldson, for example. But the club, I think, have to lay down a marker. They've got to hammer them and they've got to send out a message, both to Scottish football that we're dealing with it, but to the rest of the squad that it simply will not be tolerated. I don't think that we have to worry about the, you know, the the, the desire of the club to do that because uh, I think the club are understandably raging because everyone at the club, everyone, uh, is making sacrifices to to be able to keep playing and to be able to keep this going in the same way that everyone in the nation is making sacrifices at the moment, and this uh, it's very difficult to to look over it because you can't accidentally attend a party. Right, this you know, this was not. They didn't take a wrong turn in the house and go, "Oh my God, a party!" Um, you've made this decision, and you can't claim you don't know that you're not allowed to do it. So, so there was the knowledge, and they decided that they were going to go ahead and big fat do it anyway. And uh, Ian touched upon, we've all got a past, and he's right. We've all got a past, and we've all done things in the past that that we regret. You know, uh, my twenties were a, a car crash, and. One of my kind of stock defence lines when I got in bother for the things I did was ugh, I never meant any harm and I didn't, but I caused harm, and that's that's the problem. Actions have consequences, and they are about to, well they are finding that out at the moment. I also don't really like this kind of well daft boy argument. Jordan Jones is twenty seven years old. I don't think you can play that card. Absolutely no. I mean, the the fury to, to, directed towards these two players is is clear to see. You just need to kind of glimpse on Twitter. Um, I was kind of resigned to the fact that we would inevitably be affected by COVID this season. I think it was. Um, I don't think there'll be any club in the country that doesn't isn't touched by it in some form. I didn't think this would be the way, uh, and it's really, really. I mean, disappointment's an understatement because. 
when you put it in terms of what Hoggy said, which is that we've worked so hard and we've achieved so much so far, and it's so promising for that to be undermined and potentially scuppered completely by two arses because they wanted to go to a party, is it's just unforgivable. The the club have acted well so far because they've kept it quiet, right? Because this could have been a ball and goalie situation where the, the, the story was running ahead of Celtic at that point in time. I think what needs to happen now is that I think we, we don't need to make a drama out of crisis, to paraphrase an old advert used to be on the TV. I think we need to um, deal with it, get it done with and, and move on. I, I, I understand why fans are crying for these two to be sacked. I, I would be flabbergasted if they're sacked because their assets to the club, maybe not in the park just now, but they are in the balance sheet. And if they're to be punished, then punish them, put them out of the squad and sell them in January or get them out in loan in January. Um, I think the message will be crystal clear because I would not like to be the person, I would not like to be one of the two facing up this evening, Gerard. I just would not want to be there. Jones has pissed his career away because he got a second chance. So, first of all, what I should say is I've been a big advocate of uh, Jordan Jones because I think on the park he's an asset. I've seen him against Michelin, I've seen a glimpse against Motherwell, and I've always said that there's something there and we could use him as a squad player at the very least. And we've obviously not seen what's happening in terms of his attitude on the, in the training fields because there's been something that has put Gerard off him. And he's managed to get his back in the fray and he's done this. Uh, uh, the mind boggles. The mind boggles. And as you say, Davey, we all think him as a youngster. He's now he's 27. So, hell mend him. Edmondson, I have a sneaky f- suspicion that he may have blotted his corp about for the first time and that might stand him in some decent stead and you might see him actually get a reprieve in the longer term. But short term, the two of them are minced. They're, uh, they're, they're, it's just unbelievable. A defence I've seen put forward, Ian, although by very few um, and possibly just contrarian uh, behaviour, but it's to say, ah, would you be saying that you know they should never play again if it was Alfie and, and Borna? No, I wouldn't. But let's deal with reality here rather than you know absolute moralism. Um, we all know how it works. We all know that extremely talented players will get away with a bit more than guys that you don't think that are, are vital to the club. So let's park that. That That's, to me, just a philosophical debate. It's a case of, firstly, Alfie and Borna didn't do this. We're not talking about them. So creating this hypothetical is pointless. And secondly, uh, apart from being irrelevant, we all know the reality of football, surely. Yeah, uh, that's why I said earlier, if, if it was Goldson and McGregor, for example, I might be treating it Differently, in fact, I know I would, so that makes me a hypocrite. However, you're right. The the, the the fact of the matter is it's two fringe players. One who's on what one who I'm amazed is still at the club, because he's had that many chances and seems to want to piss it up a wall. Um for me, Jones <laughs> Jones will be gone in January, one would imagine. Um and the other one, Edmondson, you know, he's, he's, he's at a club where currently he is the fourth choice centre-back. When Katic comes back, he'll be fifth choice. But he loves it and he's revelling in it and he's growing and he's he's becoming a better player. And again, potentially pisses up against the wall. It, 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 it beggars belief for me, David, that, you know, you've got the likes of Jordan Jones making all the noises about coming to his boyhood heroes. 
and, and seems to want to just press the self-destruct button time and time again. Similarly, Edmondson, you know, he's, he's at the biggest club he's ever going to be at. Um, and and they want to play the big in during, during tall and tense, a lockdown, you know. You're not allowed to go to gatherings like that. Fuck it, I'm going to go. It's It, it does, it beggars belief. Yeah, it, it's the selfishness of it that I think really stings because all the players that played yesterday and worked hard through the week to get that result, to get the result on Thursday night, to put us into the position that we're in, um, and it could have all been risked by these two. And and as you say, in the, they did go, fuck it, I'm doing it anyway, because I want to. So everybody else, fans, players, manager, staff, eh, they didn't matter. They wanted to go to a party and that was the end of it. And like I say, I, I'm not being a hypocrite. I've done bad things in the past. I've made stupid mistakes, but I was punished for them. That's the thing. And they're going to have to go through that. In Jonesy's case, it will definitely cost them his Rangers career. In Edmondson's case, it will probably cost them his Rangers career. Um, because I, I I don't know if there is any appetite among the club, Andy, to, to give him a second chance. They might, but I think that the feeling will be that this is such a massive breach of trust more than anything else that I'm not sure that they'll feel the need to. If he does get a reprieve, and I'm talking about Edmondson here, then he's going to be one lucky boy. Um, and if I had to put money on it, I don't know if I would. <laughs> I don't, I don't, it's, I don't at, see it. At, at this moment in time, it's very, very raw and it's a, it's a capital crime right, right now. But when cooler heads prevail and you actually get a bit of perspective and a couple of t- about time passes, at that point you might see him given a wee bit of, I don't know, forgiveness is even a word, but, you know, Gerard did things during his career that weren't spectacularly good and it just so happens that COVID just puts a, a, a totally different angle on things. But, you know, the, we're talking about, quite rightly, Hoggy, you're saying I'm a hypocrite if you say, well, if it was Kent or McGregor or somebody like that, would you be saying the same thing? Absolutely no, but the greater good needs to be served here and if it was Golden, McGregor and Morelis, Kent, the greater good would be to kick their arse and get them back in the team because we are a football club. The greater good with these two is to send a, a message to the rest of the squad, to be quite honest with you, because I don't think we'll miss them in terms of football. So, just uh, unbelievable. I cannot believe these two have done this, and and the, the repercussions will be on them fully, and it's only a blessing that they never came into the, the training ground or whatever. Um, you know, it's just beggar's belief that they, they could have scuppered everything so, so willingly, um, and there's no defence. I think that you're right, you mentioned, you know, there are some things that are capital crimes. I think in football, among football people, letting down your teammates, that's the biggest one, letting down your teammates. And they did. And they did hugely. Um, so we'll need to see what happens. Well, I don't want to see either of them in a range. They're not good enough to, in my opinion, to, to, to waste any energy on. Um, and as I say, it was just such a, a selfish and knowing Breach, and as I say, in Jones's case, you know, oh, he's a dad boy. He's twenty-seven years of age, right? He's this is who he is, uh, and unless he makes a conscious effort to change, this is who he's going to remain. He's also out, incidentally, in Northern Ireland's playoff. Now, that you know doesn't matter to a lot of Rangers fans, but it matters a lot to people in his country, and there's a lot of Rangers fans in his country. But it it, it just shows you he just didn't didn't care, um, and the the consequences are going to be are going to be really big for both. 
Moving on then to something a lot more positive. Now, on here we've been mentioning, as the good results have been piling up, that, well, you know, we'll, we'll need the next test really to see if anything's changed will be Kilmarnock away. Um, now, in you know normal times, Kilmarnock away is a tough game, but, you know, let's, let's not, it's not one we're looking forward to for weeks and weeks and weeks, Ian. But it's a recent record there is, is abysmal. Let's not sugarcoat it. It's terrible. Not only have we continually lost, but we've lost the same way of going a goal up and then making a complete ass of it and chucking it away. However, yesterday Rangers went to Rugby Park um, and it, it, it maybe at times looked like it was following the script because I thought Rangers were fantastic for 40 minutes, went off the boil for 20, and then in the last half hour, Kelly came at us. Where Rangers did flip the script was that they didn't cave in, they didn't go give away a silly goal, and they left with the three points. And it felt big because the more of these small tests, and you know, let's let's not kid ourselves, but the more of these small tests the players pass, then the more confident they'll be and more likely to keep passing them in the future. Last eighteen games against, uh, not including yesterday, David. Last eighteen games since we returned to the top flight against Kilmarnock. And that's home and away. We've only won seven. We've drawn six and we've lost five. And some of those draws and some of those losses, as you say, we were, we were in the driving seat. So yesterday was an acid test. We said it straight after Parkhead that all eyes on on Rugby Park. And, and you're right, for half an hour, 35 minutes, whatever it was, we were sparkling. We just needed that second goal, the first one. Total and utter brain fart by Ross Millen. Um, and we get the penalty. Great finish. We then kept on getting the ball out wide. We made some chances. Don't think we made loads of chances. Crossing was nowhere near what it's maybe been. Um, and you're right. In the second half, it started to lapse into the we've seen this movie before routine. Now, that's in the that's in the moment. I've, I've I've watched only the highlights back, and I think, to be honest, yeah, they had the free kick, but they didn't really have much other than that, David. But, of course, in the moment, Jesus Christ, it felt as if it was palpitation stuff at times, simply because you want it so much and, and we failed, frankly, against Kilmarnock so many times recently. So to get over the line and then to see the manner of getting over the line, David, when... The, the three minutes are held up and they don't create a chance and we manage the game out and the ball's down in the corner and we're winning fouls and we're winning corners and we're just seeing the game out. That is, that's a Rangers that's night and day from the Rangers that we've seen at Rugby Park in recent times. Andy, the manager with the team just sprung a couple of Surprises. The first one for me, very attacking midfield, where he went Ryan Jack, but also Scott Arfield and Joe Rebo. And then up front, uh, Cedric Eaton came in um, to play out on the, the right-hand side. And it worked very, very well, I thought, in the first half. Rangers were zipping it about as much as you can possibly zip it about on that pitch. And thoroughly deserved the lead, as, as Hoggy says. Stupid action from the defender, but we'll take it. Great penalty from Tav for his 10th goal of the season from right back, which is sensational. And it was just about, I think if we'd got the second, we'd probably actually gone on and, and won by a few, but we didn't. And then maybe it was the old scars or whatever in the second half. But there is a resoluteness about the side that we haven't always seen in the past. 
I, I thought it was loads to be really positive about yesterday, and the word I would use is smarts. We seem to be getting smarter, and there's wee inches that are making a difference. And for example, at the free kick before the penalty, um, something I've been wanting to see for a long time or more often is both Tav and Bar- Barisic over the ball because immediately their defence and their goalkeeper is a question to ask, is this going to be in-swing or out-swinger? Because obviously right foot, left foot. And it was that movement for Tavernier that made the movement in the box before the ball was actually floated in. And who knows if that's the difference between Ross Milne losing his burns and lifting his hand inexplicably or not. But either way, say wee things that are making a difference. I noticed that there was a wee bit of shithouse today. Tavernier, the ball goes out for an hour throw-in. Uh, they're chasing the game. He lets their player run after the ball. He then ignores them and goes for the ball that's sitting on the wee cone. <laughs> so wee things like this. We're talking about managing the game. Wee things like that made a difference. But I really thought that... Um, I've used the word control. When I've been on pods this season, I've said, look, we've mostly controlled every game we've been in. And I don't mean we're controlling it in the traditional sense where you're passing the ball and passing the ball and, and players, teams aren't getting a look in. We're controlling it in the sense that these games are getting played in our terms because what's traditionally happened, I don't know, forever, is that um, teams like Kilmarnock have allowed or been able to get in our faces, get physical, make it their game and disrupt the way that we want to play. They came close to it in wee, wee patches on Sunday but they never really got into their way of playing. Lights are dicker power. Never seen them so quiet against their midfield. And that was because we were doing, you're quite right, the first 40 minutes, we were playing decent football, not really getting the reward in the final third. But we were also very, very um, adept at playing it forward quicker, whether that was a diagonal for Golden, whether it was a ball over the top for, for Inton to run onto. We were able to mix it up a wee bit. And we were getting joy for it because when these balls were going high and long, their centre-halves were having to drop. They were having to head of the ball just for survival instinct. And we were getting our midfielders, particularly Arfield and Aribo, to press on to those drop balls. And I think we've seen a couple of shots for Arfield and Aribo that in another day, a wee bit more luck, we'd have had a couple of goals for them. So we're not a one-dimensional team by any manner of means. We've also got the squad now where we can mix it up because, as you say, we changed the midfield completely. We trapped Kamara, who's in the form of his life. I'll be resting him, I should say. And then you bring in Itten, which raised a few eyebrows. And I know that there's been a wee bit of split in terms of people's opinion. But I think it's totally ignorant to say that he did not contribute very, very much on Sunday. I thought he was brilliant for what he was doing because... I like wide strikers because a wide striker gives a, an added dimension because both the full-back and the centre-half have got to watch for somebody coming in at corner kicks or free kicks or cross boys. Um, but more than that, I thought he was taking his man on. He had a couple of boys for the, the byline that were excellent. I think he should have scored twice because he got in central positions and, and was very unlucky. And overall, I, th- I, I think he's really, really promising. He looks the part. He's got the strength. He's got the touch. He's able to take men on. He's able to hold the ball up. I think his goals will come, and I think they'll more likely to come when he's in the central positions. But I thought overall on Sunday, it was a really good performance. And I think we should be walking away from there saying, we've kind of buried that. We've got to the stage where we don't need to worry about going to rugby park. We should have the measure them going forward. There is a fair argument, Ian, to say that at the moment we're relying a wee bit more on the defence and the front line. The front line hasn't really been been firing as well as it might but there's also the the counter to that that says yeah but they're going to be soon and when they are somebody's going to get a right doing 
Yeah, um, I think uh, over the past few weeks, I do think maybe since Parkhead, um, the 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 front three haven't been on fire. I think the work outside the box has been really really good. Uh, you know, getting back, coming outside the box, winning the ball, bringing the midfield into it. There's lots and lots of good positives. We bit short shy, and that's the midfields and the forwards. Uh, recently, and we could do with some more goals. A second yesterday, would I put it to bed completely, you know, and, and saved heart attacks all round. Um, but you're right, you know, it's a team game, right? And for so long, we would concede daft goals and drop points. I am in no way going to now start slating the forward line um, because we will start scoring goals. We'll probably start scoring goals next Sunday against Hamilton at Ibrooks. Um, we just need to keep on winning, David. It's it's as simple as that. I'll take one nils from now until the end of the season because we'll be the champions. Andy, successful sides are built on defences, as we all know. But my God, fifteen clean sheets already—that is sensational stuff. And uh, I want to pick out Connor Goldson, who I know got a lot of praise, obviously after the Old Firm game. But I think that we need to pick out the praise for him for his defensive work, because not only has he been excellent, he has been, I think, the leader of that back four. A large part of it is I think he trusts his his, his colleague. Um, I think that he trusts the guy next to him when he's got Hollander or Balogun in a way that he didn't, perhaps, when he had Katic or Edmondson next to him last season. No, absolutely. I mean, you, you never get a one-man defence and... Sounds stupid in a four-man defence, but the centre half pairs critical, isn't it? They've got you've got to have a, a relationship between the two there. And I always thought there was a reason that Gerard never dropped him, and I think that Goldson was kind of fell foul of the same kind of daftness that we've seen directed at Tavernier, where we kind of took for granted his consistency, and then when he makes a mistake, which was rare, but but sometimes glaring that was used as a, a big, big stick to beat him with. And I always thought it was totally unfair because when you look at I mean, when you watch football around the world and you see certain halves and what they can do, he's got attributes that are very, very good. They can pass the ball, um, take out the defence is excellent. Aerially, it's absolutely superb. But I think you, you were the one, David, that kind of pointed it out to us that given the fact there's no crowd and you can actually hear the, the, the players shouting at each other that Goldson is without question a captain without an armband and the fact that we're, we're reasonably good at offside and organisation, things that you take for granted and you actually don't notice because it happens so frequently, that's probably due to him uh, and, and him leading the line as, as such. Hellander is a, a fantastic defender as well and I think he's top drawer and that can that can only help. But um, something was brewing. I mean, we watched the, the friendlies in France against, uh, who was it, Nice and can't remember who else who played. Who was it? Leon. Leon. And even then, the defence looked mean and driven and well-drilled to the point where you're like, ah, another, another clean sheet. And it was just as if something was brewing. I've carried it on into the, to the actual season. And it, it's a, a thing that just breeds and breeds and breeds that if you get a, a, a wee inside track on other teams, an edge, your edge is a defence at this moment in time. So it'll just get better and better, hopefully. We will have off days, we'll have wee aberrations here or there, but I go back to this thing about controlling the game. 
if you're controlling the game to the point where, where teams are reduced to set pieces and free kicks running about the box is their best chance of scoring, that, that's a massive advantage for, for kickoff because you're, you're, you're minimising the, the opportunities they've got right, right down. And we seem to be doing that more often than not, even in Europe, to be honest, isn't it? And, so, and what, so, what makes it Sorry, Andy, for buttoning. Um, right. Goldson's, before signing for Rangers, he played 16 games across the previous two, two years. 16. Um, and I always felt he would probably need a season to get up to speed with Rangers. In his second season, COVID strikes. Um, and, you know, that, that first season, he was pretty much plopped in with Nico Katic and, and asked to run with it from the start. Uh, faded away towards the end of the season, um, maybe unsurprisingly. Last season, it was Katic for a bit. It was Hollander for a bit. It was back to Katic. It was, it was a merry-go-round. And this season, we've had the pair of them, Hollander and Goldson, have a pre-season together. Um, I think... Hollander's probably the one he trusts the most, David. Balligan's come in and, and really looked the part as well. Um, and I do think it's just built on trust. that We've also had Stephen Davis with a full pre-season, the same way Ryan Jack, all the rest of it. I just think you're looking at a defensive unit that absolutely trusts one another. And they're happy to chop and change between Goldson and whomever. Um he, 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 you look at Holanda yesterday, he simply trusts his centre-half to do his job, and that's that's massive. Yeah, it's massive, and it's not something that has always been there, unfortunately, over the last few seasons. But I, I do think, it, and of course, good habits. You know, They're picking up clean sheets. They want to keep this record going. They want to get as many as possible. That's what defenders live for. And the more they get, you know, and it's similar to what I said, but the more Rangers keep passing little tests, it inspires belief, it inspires confidence. And it's amazing how much more straightforward things can be when you feel good, when you feel confident, when you feel up to it. And I think that, that we are getting the benefit of that at the moment. In terms of the psychology of the result, Andy, I wasn't kidding at the start when I said, you know, this is one that, that Rangers fans have been speaking to me about. After good results, people have said to me, aye, but, you know, we'll see after Kelly. That's, that'll be the one that tells us where we are. That's why I think it's a big one, because I suspect the players knew that and felt it themselves. The equation, this was a, a monkey on our back. The equation, I mean, as you said at the start, it wasn't just the fact that we were drawing points at these places, it was the fact we were capitulating. It was, they were they were bubble bursters. Let, let's look back to um, Joe Worrell's mistake. We were in oh. fire up up to that point. We scored a goal with Defoe. Everybody's chirpy because we've just signed him and Davis, and there's belief. And we we go into the last half of that game. Kelly up the ante. They, they, they do what I was saying earlier on about getting physical, getting in our faces, um, and they kill us. And and they don't just kill us in that game. They kill us. For that season, really, they were they were the ones where where when we're seeing these are the games that win championships or put you towards the title. They were the games that kill your title challenges because mentally it was it certainly shattered the fans, and and so you've got to you've got to presume that the players themselves have got that doubt put in their mind that we can't go to these places and how can we not see it out? And I, I get Hoggy, you, what you were saying about watching it on the TV yesterday, sorry on Sunday that. Um, you know, the, the latter part of the game tended to feel as if we were drifting towards that. And I thought the substitutions were pretty good because <laughs> we brought in Davis, and Davis had a bit of a stinker when he came on, but we also brought in Balligan, which you could look back and say, well, that's super defensive. But by the same token, 
it might be a case of just learning. That it was proven to be the right thing to do. Whereas if he'd brought in another attacking player and, and nothing had changed attacking wise, and we lose a goal or, or gain up chances up the park, um, it would have been the wrong decision. So it was a biggie psychologically uh, as much as anything because uh, we're all sitting here saying, right, this is a good result. It's not just a routine result, and it's not something we took for granted. It was something that we've been craving for quite a while. Um, and I think the manner of it, the fact that we didn't just squish it and we didn't just get by, I think the fact was that when we look at it in the cold, hard light of day, we managed the game and we seen it out. And, and another day, we would have probably scored another goal or two. Um, and Kelly could have no kind of claim to uh, losing out in a point. I think if they got a point, they would have felt very, very lucky or they should have. So no, big, big, massive result. Still very early. Go go there again, but you know we've we've got to be well, maybe. I true belief belief uh, breeds belief. Just as we're seeing the defence gets belief, the whole team, whole squad, the whole support gets belief. Andy touches upon a point there that the way the fixtures have worked out this season, Ian, and we're a long, long way to go. There's lots of results. We know that, but we. Only have to go to Petaudry one one more time. We only have to go to Easter Road one more time. We only have to go to let's be honest, Kilmarnock or Livingston one more time, and that's our most dangerous games. Yeah, I certainly certainly in recent times it has been. They're, they're in Tynecastle, even though Hearts are in the Championship now, um, and we've managed our way through them. We've managed our way through them very well. Just Hibs and Livingston aside. Um, I can see us going to Livingston if it's if we I, I think we'll definitely be back there uh, and Easter Road and we'll be itching to set the record straight one would hope um, let's just look at the here and now David you know I, I'm, I found myself getting carried away last night and then checked myself going right what does November and December look like nope stop it it's all about the next game or, or the Europa League then the next league game but we have navigated our way through historically hard matches um we've got the results we've got the clean sheets we've scored the goals you know and and Bruce Nipun just now we're top of the table nine points clear nine points I can know um albeit Celtic two two home games in hand um but then you look forward and you look at you do I'll break my rule you look at the games that are coming up we've got Hamilton and Aberdeen at home our next two league matches David either side of the, the international break. Celtic are away to Motherwell and then away to Easter Road. Um, they are, they're tough games for Celtic. They're, it's going to be tough games for us, of course, but you you, you expect to win at home. Um, so, yeah, we've, we've had that tough away run. We're now going to have those teams at Ibrooks, and it's um, hopefully pointing to a good couple of months, November, December. All we can really focus on at the moment, Andy, we've got Benfica on Thursday, and that's that's a big, big match. We're going to talk about it in a minute. Um, but it's one to be enjoyed, especially after taking six points from six for the first two Europa League games. It's one the players, under normal circumstances, obviously, getting to play in that stadium when it was uh, packed out would have been something. But even so, you know, Benfica, big famous European name, the kind of tie you want, top of the table, Europa League group clash. That's, that's the kind of games you want to play in. And the players have earned the right to go there. Um, and absolutely, you know, give it everything, but you know, try and get a win. But coming back, Hamilton at home, we maybe as fans would take that lightly. They 
as players can't Hamilton beat us at Ibrox the last time, obviously. But you couldn't really ask for a better fixture after a European game to then go into a two-week break. No, and, and this is the thing that we're missing about, especially the Kamarnock game and then the week before. You're, you're coming off a Thursday-Sunday kind of thing, and, and that's always a risk to the to the season because you always get that wee bit of flatness. So the European games for me are free hits. I have been super relaxed watching them because, because and I don't mean this to sound as if we've got low standards, but this is kind of our level just now. I think if we went to the Champions League, we'd probably get our arse felt quite often, just like Celtic did, but... In these games, we have aspirations to get the group, and I think we are very much on the road to doing that, because I think if we get anything at all from either Benfica game, I think that might just tip the scales in your favour. So, um, the, the, the European games are just for pure enjoyment. I wish we were there, or the rest of it. But um, the, 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 if you to ask Bears who they would prefer to see us win against Benfica or Hamilton, I think the answer would probably be Hamilton, wouldn't it? So, that, <laughs> so that's the kind of craziness of uh, Scottish football that we, we would turn our nose up at a result away from him and Benfica to beat Hamilton at home. So, I Hamilton, you know, I don't like teams with plastic pitches, but I tend to like Hamilton because we always tend to beat them and very, very rarely they cause us any major problems. So if you had to pick one game to come back to Ibrooks to play on the back of a hard away game, it would be Hamilton. Um, and then we've got a wee break, and then we've got Aberdeen, which will be a test because uh, regardless of what they're in, they always manage to fashion a, a plan of action against us and very, very stuffy. So Aberdeen will be a tough as well. January is the hard games. Uh, I mean, December, uh, we're not looking too far ahead. We keep saying that and then we do it. But November, December, um, we don't know about our rollers, but momentum. January is an extremely hard month, extremely hard month. Um, and I've already heard Celtic fans refer to it as if it's something laying in wait for us, as if they don't have a bad month in, 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 in their calendar. So, um, nah, let's enjoy Thursday. Let, let's play freely. We're actually good at being underdogs now, but we're also mm. good at being the, the top dogs as well, which is a hard, hard switch to flick, isn't it? So, um, that's maybe something I've struggled in the past. That's undoubtedly something we've struggled with in the past. Mirror, mirror on the wall. What is the best brand for my balls? Manscaped, of course. But hold up, is that a nose pube? It's a good thing our partners at Manscaped are here to ensure you're taking care of not only your manhood, but your nose hairs with their new performance package that just launched in the UK. Guys, we're of an age where hair might not necessarily grow where I want it to, you two are all right in that regard, but you know, uh, but uh, for some reason, the hair that should be on my head has decided to come out of my nose and ears. And trust me, youngins, it will happen to you as well. Am I right, Hoggy? Happens to us all, David. Um, ear hair, nose hair, all of it's grey and white for me now. Um, notice I didn't talk, talk about ball hair, um, but hey, if it needs trim, no, David. I mean, uh, like, that's it. The young folks, as we, you know, as I found out when we did these adverts in the past, you know, the, the young folks with their balls and they like their balls to be like snooker balls these days, you know, just, just utterly hairless and, and gleaming and, and they, they put all like powders and, and stuff on it. Um, but for me, certainly, I don't like nose and ear hair. Um, so I was delighted because, you know, I, I'm quite I'm quite fond of my 
my downstairs brush. But um, certainly, I don't like, you know, and it bloody hurts when you're trying to pull one out. You know, if you're going into a meeting, and I have done this in the past where I've noticed, oh, a nose hair went to pull it out and then going into the meeting with tears streaming from my eyes. Um, but the, man, the Manscaped Performance Package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, uh, including in the new package is what they call the Weed Whacker Ear uh, and Nose Hair Trimmer, which is waterproof and uses the same 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system as the downstairs trimmer. Uh, the nose and ear trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. And we are all about the delicate holes. 79% of partners admitted that long nose hair is a major turn-off. So use the best tools for the job here. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code rangers at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code rangers so what are you waiting for go whack your weeds and make sure your balls look great during the process oh and before anybody complains it was the huge level of success of the first lot of these that inspired <laughs> the company to come back so don't blame me look down at your shiny hairless balls and that's why they came back to us because apparently a lot of heart and hand listeners are walking about with no concern at all andy about catching a chill down there yeah, no, it's a modern way, isn't it? and and I, I think there would be no better treat for your missus or mister for that partner because we're you know, absolutely we're and uh, if you dropped your drawers and let them behold that you've shaved number seven Hadji into your pubes. Who hasn't, Andy? In the past, who hasn't had a couple of drinks and thought, "I know what I'll do. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take the bit to my bollocks." Um, <laughs> yeah, let, let's let be be safe, folks manscaped.com well that that's a good thing about it it's it's very safe anyway let's move on hoggy thursday night benfica away andy is right it's you know strangely probably not the most important to the fans anyway game of the week but benfica rangers that's a proper european game there's a proper champions league game david um and that's what I'm enjoying about Europe. Enjoyed it last season, enjoying it this season. Um, and we know that we'll go there and we've got a chance. I mean, Benfica, they spent a lot of money. Um, Portuguese football is invariably strong. But we went to Portugal last year to play Porto um, and we came away with a good result. There's no reason why we can't go to Lisbon and come away with a similarly good result. Um, I mean, I don't, I'll take a draw right now and we'll not even go and we'll say no more about it. That that would be fine. Um, but versus the nerves that I felt in the last 15 minutes yesterday, David, let's be be a breeze because it is a free hit. Uh, we started so well, six points out of six. Um, we, can, we can go there and give them a game. Absolutely. We know that we'll set up right. We know that we'll set up to look to counter-attack. Uh, counter we'll want to hold the ball. We'll want to have pace in behind them down the channels. Um, we can go there and we can get a result. Whether we will is you know, up for grabs. But um, we go there with a, with a good amount of confidence. Christ, you look, 18 games, 16 wins, 2 draws, 15 clean sheets. We can't go there and not have confidence. Um, so, yeah, really looking forward to it. Andy, I think we might see um, a, a, a few changes when it comes to Sunday. Uh, no disrespect to Hamilton Aki, but we do have good players, and the likes of you know Jermaine Defoe showed 
that he's got a good record against Hamilton as well, incidentally. But um, he's an option that he's not going to travel. He's not in the European squad. I strongly suspect, incidentally, that Jordan Jones might have got a start, but uh, decided to go to a party instead. But yeah, I, I, we do have the ability to to say to some of the players, not all, because some will have to play both games, but you know, empty it on Thursday night and then uh, you'll have Sunday off. Aye, and I, I mean, it's very easy to forget where we've been and where we are now because this squad is totally, I mean, it's luxury compared to where we were even two or three years ago. Um, we've got the, the luxury of taking Roof, Cedric Eaton for that matter, and letting them, and Hadji for another one, and letting them breathe, letting them bleed in to become Rangers players because I think in days gone by, we'd have paid money for Roof, Hadji, and, and they would have had to have been, and they would have had the expectation placed upon them to be instant hits and contribute immediately. And what we've got just now, probably because we've not got many injuries also, we've got the ability to let these guys come in, breathe, and uh, kind of feel their way into becoming Rangers players. And, and when you look at Bar- Barisic, for example, and how long it took him to really crack being a Rangers player, um, I don't think it can be understated how hard it is for players to come from a different environment and, uh, and and meet the expectations that are placed upon them. I think the crowds not being there is helping. I've got to be honest. I think the crowds on Sunday would have been a hindrance as opposed to a, a benefit, if I'm being really honest. And I think in a couple of games at home this season, uh, Ross County springs to mind that the, the Saints half would have been far more fraught with tension if the crowd was in there. Um, so th- these kind of things are going in our favour at the moment. Um, Defoe, what would I have said a couple of years ago if somebody said to you, well, you're going to have Defoe, but you'll keep him at the European squad because you'll keep him for, for uh, domestic games. What the hell? I mean, it's, it's just unheard of. So uh, I, I think we'll mix it up a wee bit on, on Sunday. Um, and, and I would probably say Roof, maybe Eaton. I think you might see them start. But again, there's there's Defoe. He he might play through the middle as well. I've got so many options just now. It's it's quite uh, it's really heartening. I'm calling it now. Defoe to play and get at least a double hoggy. Uh, again, wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, I would imagine we'll look to get minutes into Roof's legs as well. Um, yeah, and I, I genuinely genuinely don't care who scores as long as we score more goals in Hamilton. I win the game and uh, put it to bed, hopefully, pretty early. Well, Cammy will have a fuller preview of that on Friday night. Obviously, we'll know a lot more uh, after Thursday night, how the team have played. He'll have a review of the Benfica game. I would just like to thank our executive producers in London, Mike Lee and Paul Myers. I should probably switch that a bit this time of year, shouldn't I, to Mike Myers, but uh, we'll just go with the real names. And to thank my two guests this evening, first of all, Andy McGowan. Pleasure as always, David. Thank you. And Ian Hogg. Pleasure, mate. Thanks for thanks for having me on. If you want to hear more from Heart and Hand, please visit our Patreon site. It's patreon.com forward slash heart and hand. Some amazing contributions over there at the moment and a wonderful community to be a part of, especially uh, I think a lot of people have found that comfort during this tough time. If you go, it's patreon.com forward slash heart and hand. And from just £1.99 per month, you will be able to access hours and hours of content on all things Rangers related. We cracked the 5,000 mark last week. I'm very proud of that. And I'd like to thank everyone for supporting us on our journey. Thank you very much for listening. Cammy will be with you on Friday. I'll be back next Monday. Until then, stay safe and I'll talk to you then. Take care. Bye-bye.
Smartcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.